Hey, you were listening to JC Talks, a podcast about life, leadership, and human flourishing. My guiding philosophy is simple. What you can be, you must be. Abraham Maslow. The purpose of this podcast is to help you live an all-in life, be an all-in leader, and lead all-in teams and organizations. I am your host, JC Hurtado Prater, yours truly, and I'm so grateful you've joined me for a few moments on the podcast today. Happy Monday, everybody, and uh, I hope you had a great weekend. Uh, here in Southern California, where I live in San Diego, last week it was up in the 90s. I was actually in Arizona for a couple days, and it was in the 90s there as well, but it got up to the 90s here. I remember I landed on Friday afternoon, and I just thought, man, this is awesome. It felt like summer. This week, though, it is going to be in the 60s and maybe like the lower 70s. So we're kind of back to spring weather, but wherever you are in the world, I hope it is a beautiful day for you, and I hope that uh, I hope you have a great week. And uh, so anyway, welcome back to the podcast. We are in a book called The Science of Success by Charles G. Koch, and I'm just going to dive in today. Uh, you can go back a couple of episodes and listen to why we're doing this podcast, or well, not why we're doing this podcast, but why we're focusing on this book. Uh, I'll, I'll let you do that. But this is a great book by Charles G. Coke called The Science of Success. I'm on page 41, where he talks about this idea of personal knowledge. And you may be thinking, why in the world are we on a leadership talking about personal knowledge? We know what personal knowledge is, right? That's That seems smart enough. If I were to ask you, what is personal knowledge? You could come up with an answer, right? I could come up with an answer. And, and to me, it sounds like it's knowledge that is personal, right? That might be one way to say it, or it's the fact that I have knowledge, right? It's personal to me, or it's, you know, it's knowledge that I have, but it's just, it's knowing things about myself, or it's me knowing things about the world, whatever it is. It, it, it seems like a simple concept, but there's a little bit of a twist that Charles Koch places on this. So that's what I want to talk about today, this idea of personal knowledge. So let's just read it, page 41. Chemist and philosopher of science, Michael Polanyi, and I hope I'm saying this right, Polanyi, okay? I think that's how it said. So let me start that over again. Chemist and philosopher of science, Michael Polanyi, I think that's the best way to say it, argued that we only truly know something, that is, have personal knowledge when we can apply it to get results, okay? So what he's saying is that it's not just about knowing something, but it's about knowing plus applying. So that's what I'm talking about here. There's a little bit of a um, there's a little bit of a different twist that he puts, you know, that that he places on this term personal knowledge. When we think about knowledge, we think it's something that we know. It's in our head, right? But what he's saying is true personal knowledge is not just knowing something, it's being able to apply it and to get results, right? So it's really kind of a three-pronged process here. One, you've got to know it. Two, you have to apply it. Three, you have to get results. So if one of those things is not happening, if you don't know it, or if you know it, but you're not applying it, or if you're knowing you're you're knowing it and applying it, and but but you're not getting results, then really it's not personal knowledge. So personal knowledge is so much more than just something that is in our head. It is about application and it's about results. So he goes on to say here, riding a bike, playing golf or, or chess are good examples. Personal knowledge or true understanding involves converting conceptual knowledge 
into an effective tool for solving problems, handling new subjects, and making discoveries. Developing personal knowledge involves a personal transformation. I love this, a personal transformation. It requires learning a new framework of mental models and then using them to work out concrete problems. Personal knowledge is the result of integrating theory and practice. It can be facilitated by the tutelage, by the tutelage of a mentor, such as a painting instructor or a golf pro. So let's go back and kind of dive into this here. Personal knowledge um, involves, and I would even say requires, personal transformation. And what that means is learning a new framework, okay, and mental model. So this is a new way of thinking. We're going to talk about this a little bit as we go on uh, throughout this week. I'm, I'm also reading right now. It's interesting. I'm reading um, Charles Koch. Uh, I love to listen to anything. he. I listen to all of his interviews online. I just love what he has to say. He's introduced me to a world of philosophers and um, authors. And and uh, so and I'm excited to be diving into them as well. Psychologists, all this kind of stuff. But the purpose of doing this was to listen to him because he obviously has one way of looking at the world, kind of free market society. And so I wanted to look at the opposite as well, which is George Soros. Right. So if you look in the United States. If you look at our political party system, there are two billionaires that are kind of known uh, to, or at least this is what people think, that they're kind of pulling the strings behind both parties. And behind the Republican Party, historically, it has been the Koch brothers, which is Charles and David Koch. And then on the, that's the Republican Party side, the more conservative side. On the Democratic side, the more liberal side, progressive even, there is a name that continues to come up, and his name is George Soros. So I thought it would be fascinating in my own personal life, and as I'm, um, as I'm developing my own research in life, is to study these two, what we term to we we tend to think are two opposing uh, philosophies on how to see the world. One that tends to back more Democratic candidates, one that backs more conservative candidates. But uh, you know what I'm finding? Both of these gentlemen actually have a lot in common. It's pretty impressive. So I'm actually, I took a whole bunch of notes when I read about Coke. I read two of the books that he wrote, and he's got a couple more books out there that I'll probably uh, read. But I really wanted to know his philosophy. And so the two books that I purchased of his really talk about that. And then there's a book about his company. That was a phenomenal read called Coke Land. K-O-C-H-L-A-N-D. And I think anybody who is interested in business needs to read this book. It was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, So uh, I say all that to say, I'm reading George Soros right now. And he talks about this in his book, A New Way of Thinking. Okay. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later on this week. But But for now, I want us to understand this, that personal knowledge, again, which is about knowing something, it's about applying and, and it's about getting results. So in order to do this, it requires a transformation. And what it means is that we have to learn new frameworks and we have to learn new mental models. And we've talked about that on the podcast before. Mental models without actually having my sheet of paper in front of me to define it in the best of ways. What it means is running decisions, potential decisions, running information through a mental model, whatever that mental model might be. And there's a lot of mental models. And we're actually going to talk more about mental models in May. Uh, It'll be mental models, May or something like that. The month of May for mental models. I don't know. 
But we're going to run through some of these mental models. And what this is saying is that whenever you get ready to make a decision, take the information you have. And instead of going straight from information to decision, run it through a mental model, such as systems thinking or first principles thinking or third order of consequences thinking, whatever it might be. There's a ton of great mental models out there. And again, we're going to talk about a lot of those in May. Uh, but that's how we have to think. And so this is what he's saying here on this journey to personal knowledge, which means I know something, I can apply it, and I can get results. Part of this means we have to have a new framework and new mental models. And what mental models are, again, it's kind of a, a, um, a way of thinking that we run our information through before we make decisions. And what these mental models do is they enabled us, they enable us to be able to see consequences of our choices before we make the decision. And, and I will tell you, as I begin to use these mental models in my life, it is amazing to see how they work. And I shared this a little bit on the podcast last week. Uh, la- uh, two weeks ago, I was in uh, class with my students up at Azusa Pacific University. These are undergraduate students. And we were talking about the entire, and we're not going to talk about this on the podcast today, but we were talking about the entire uh, situation surrounding actor Will Smith right now, actor, musician, rapper, whatever, Will Smith. And when we first brought up the situation, and for those of you who live under a rock and you're not sure, actors uh, Will Smith um, walked up on stage and he slapped the teeth out of Chris Rock because Chris Rock had made a joke about Will Smith's wife. And he did this in front of millions of people at the Academy Awards on the same night that he won Best Actor. So you talk about, wow, um, seeing both sides of yourself, you know, in one night. Uh, there's so much that we could say about that, but we'll let that go. But that week, I, I, I knew I had to bring it up in class so we could talk about something that is uh, kind of a current event. And so we talked about it. At the very beginning, I asked, how many of you think that Will Smith did the right thing? And there were a few hands that went up. And then I said, how many of you think that Chris Ro- or, or, or that Will Smith did the wrong thing? And even the people that put their hands up were like, eh, you know, I don't necessarily have an opinion, whatever. It's whatever happened, whatever. But, you know, I hate to say this. I like Will Smith. But, yeah, he probably didn't do the right thing. But, but they weren't necessarily sure about it. Then we took that same situation and ran it through mental models. At the end of running this situation through mental models, I asked the question again, now how many of you believe that Will Smith did the right thing by walking on stage and smacking the teeth out of Chris Rock? And nobody raised their hand. Everybody was very confident that what he did was the wrong thing. Because here's what mental models do. We've talked about this. They take the emotion out of the decision making. Because we as humans, we know this. We are emotional beings. I was journaling last night about something and and it's a decision that I need to make sometime in the next, you know, uh, sometime in the next, you know, few weeks or whatever. And all my emotions were getting wrapped up in this decision. And it's a very hard decision to make, especially with these emotions. And so if I'm able to work and get the emotions out because we are emotional beings. All of us are, right? I was sitting at dinner with some friends last week and we were talking about this, that leaders, and this is a leadership podcast, need to be constantly uh, in tune with their emotions, especially when you're getting ready to make big decisions that affect the lives of other people. We have to be thinking about why are we doing this? What's my motivation for whatever it is that's in front of me? This is important for us to understand right? So mental models help us. So that's what this is talking about. When we really gain personal knowledge, 
Okay. It's not just about knowing something. It's about applying that something and it's about getting results. One of the fundamental aspects of this is this idea of gaining mental models, learning how to think better. And in some ways, learning how to think without emotion, because more often than not, I think you understand this. I understand this. Emotion will get us into trouble. When, when, when we make emotional decisions, and they don't have to be, you know, decisions like walking on stage in front of millions of people and slapping the teeth out of somebody, but it could just be in a workplace setting, you have no idea what's going on underneath uh, your own emotions. And so somebody says something in staff meeting, and you go off on them, and you, you're even wondering yourself, why did I just get that passionate about this? I'm not understanding why did I treat that person that way? And it's because you are an emotional being. I am an emotional being, right? And so sometimes we make negative decisions based on our emotions. So this is important that we, if we're going to gain true and actual personal knowledge, we've got to be able to think through the mindset of mental models. Charles Koch goes on and he says this, personal knowledge is the key to making discoveries. As we study in a particular field, we absorb increasing amounts of specific knowledge including rules, facts, terminology, and relationships. At some point, we know these details well enough that we can begin to focus on the whole. We can, we can then begin to see patterns, the meaning of things, and sense when something is wrong, even though we may not always be able to articulate our understanding. This improves our ability to perceive problems and opportunities when doing research interviewing a candidate or screening acquisition. So again, this is really important for us, right? Uh, if we want to learn how to think better and to see patterns, to see the meaning of things, to make sense of something when it's wrong, right? It, all of this improves our perception, right? Our, we'll, we'll, you know, excuse me there, our ability to perceive problems and opportunities when research, you know, small things like research and interviewing people for jobs. And again, in a staff meeting, when our emotions are taking check, if we can pull back a little bit and say, hey, before I do this, I've got a certain mental model here. If I can run this, this information plus emotions, or, or, or I guess this takes out the emotions. So if I can run this information, whatever it is, through this mental model, it will help me make a better decision. And, and this is important in small decisions and in large decisions, right? We are the sum of our choices. Um, your team is the sum of your choices and the, the choices that the team makes. Your organization is the sum of your choices and the choices the organization makes. So you get what I'm saying here. So he talks about this idea of discovery. Personal knowledge is the key to making discoveries. Discoveries. He goes on to say this. The process of discovery begins when we observe, often vaguely, a gap between what is and what could be. Again, all of this is part of this idea of personal knowledge. Um, but it starts with discovery, a gap between what is and what could be. Our, our intuition tells us something better is just beyond the range of our mind's eye. To build, and, and, and this is important for leaders out there, to build a culture of discovery, we must encourage, not discourage, the passionate pursuit of our own and others' hunches. So when somebody has a hunch in a staff meeting or a board meeting or any kind of meeting, a team meeting, instead of squelching that, instead of discouraging that, instead of uh, not wanting people around us to have a passionate pursuit of uh, truth or hunches or thoughts or whatever it may be, 
what we have to do is build a culture of discovery, which says that this, hey, yes, okay? If you have a hunch, if you have an intuition, let's talk about it. Maybe right away we don't run with it. That's what mental models are for. But let's talk about it. Let's get it out there on the floor. Anything you want to say, let's talk about. Because this is what great leaders understand. I can learn something from anything. I can learn something from anybody and from anything. So even if you have a brand new person to your team and they have uh, some information to offer, we listen to it as opposed to you know, saying, you know what? I don't need to hear anything you have to say. You're too new. Stick around here for six months to a year. Then you can have the right to talk. I think about last week in a board meeting that I was in for a company that I sit on their board. It's actually called Thrivent Financial. I sit on their regional, their, their, their member network regional board. Okay, so this isn't like the, uh, the board all the way up there at, at corporate. But they brought a lady in from corporate. She's the uh, chief growth and generosity officer. There's a lot that goes into that title there, but that's, it's a very cool title. And that's what she is. I, I may have missed that. I may have missed a little bit on this, but one of the things that her boss had tasked her to do, and her boss is the CEO. She answers to the CEO, which is my understanding is they said, Hey, we want you to, for the first four months observe. And then we want you to tell us everything you've observed and all the things that we could be doing better. And so with our regional board, when we asked her, hey, could you provide some feedback you know, to us for, from the company or from us, anything we could do better? She actually did it. And it was some of the greatest feedback about that organization that I have heard. And I think it's honest feedback. It's real feedback. Probably doesn't feel great to hear, especially from the staff members there, but it was honest, real, true feedback. And that's this idea of a culture of discovery. So we let people see what they see and we let them communicate what they see. Because again, it goes back to this idea of always looking for gaps between what is and what could be. And in those gaps, when when we find the gaps, that's where the work takes place. Charles Koch ends this section by saying these words, the process of discovery begins when we observe, often vaguely, a gap between what is and what could be. Our our intuition tells us something better is just beyond the range of our mind's eye. To build a culture of discovery, we must encourage and not discourage the passionate pursuit of our own and others' hunches. Next, we need to strive to clearly articulate our hypotheses, which, when made concrete and specific, can be challenged and tested. This is so important that we as leaders allow the people around us to test us, to challenge us, that we don't pull in to a new job or new neighborhood, you know, whatever it is. And we live in another side of town and we stay away from people and we don't take the feedback we need. We need to be the kind of people who allow people to say things to us, to give us, um, you know, to give us honest and truthful feedback. Okay. So again, next, we need to strive to clearly articulate our hypotheses, which when made concrete and specific can be challenged and tested. We need to be able to be tested, living among the people, being among the people at work and and giving them empowerment and permission to test us, to challenge us. Charles Koch ends by saying this, hypotheses that pass this hurdle can then be put to the broader test of working in practice. The genesis of this entire process is the development of personal knowledge that is passionately applied to solve a problem. Personal knowledge is you do not have knowledge about a subject unless, number one, you have the head knowledge. 
But number two, you can apply that knowledge to whatever you need to in whatever context you need to. And when you apply that knowledge that you've gained that's in your head, you are getting results. This is how you know you have personal knowledge. Again, a twist on it, a twist on what we think of this idea of personal knowledge. So here's my encouragement to you this week. Personal transformation. Develop a new framework. Begin to research mental models. We'll talk about a lot of that on the podcast, okay? But, but, but begin to rethink, okay, how you think. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on this week, okay? Em- em- empower a culture of discovery. Let people within your organization, within your team, do the hard work of discovering, Okay? Empower that within your team. Empower that within yourself, really, but empower that within your team. And, and, and don't worry if at the end of the day, right, you've, if at the end of the day, excuse me, guys, I'm yawning here. It's been a long weekend. If at the end of the day, don't, don't worry about the fact that, you know, maybe some things are going to change and maybe there is a gap between where things are and where things need to go, okay? Okay, so let's end this out here. He says, this hypothesis that passed this hurdle can then be put to the broader test of working in practice. The genesis of this entire process is the development of personal knowledge that is passionately applied to solve a problem. So again, personal knowledge is having the knowledge, being able to apply the knowledge, and then be able to get results. So in order to do that, we have to have a trans a transformation, which means a new way of thinking, find a mentor, develop a culture of discovery. I think that's what I was trying to say earlier, develop a, so that people around you can discover and they can give you feedback. And, 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 and if they don't like what you're doing, they don't like your ideas, they can tell you that. And, and they're not risking their job. They're not risking their position on the team because you've empowered this culture of discovery where they get to passionately pursue their hunches and other people's hunches around them. Okay. That's what this is all about. So my encouragement this week in, in different areas of your life, especially the ones that matter most to you, whatever it is that, that, um, that you need to master, really think about this idea of personal knowledge in this, whatever subject it is, and you get to, you get to you know, fill in the blanks on that. In this area of my life, do I have the head knowledge? And then with that head knowledge, am I able to apply it? And then with that application, am I able to get results? That all, that's all I've got for you today. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will continue on in this book, uh, The Science of Success, as we look at the principles of human progress on Wednesday. Hope you have a great Monday. I'll see you on Wednesday for another episode of JC Talks, the Leadership Podcast. Take care. 